The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Can everyone hear? Good. So clinging, it's such a huge part of our lives. And it makes such a difference. And it's so much better when we see it. Usually we see it when it's whatever we're clinging to is being threatened or it's being pulled away from us. Loss is the probably the most obvious form of the suffering that comes from clinging. And that word may be used to characterize all of the times that we suffer from clinging. But there's even a more subtle and pervasive suffering that comes when we're quite comfortably attached to something. Because it it bends our perception of the world. You know, over the years I've talked to people who's, who recognize that they're clinging to certain things, like family, or friends, or organizations that they're part of. I was on the committee that spent five years trying to get the East Bay Meditation Center off the ground. And I could see as the years went by and as I met certain challenges involved in doing that, that I was clinging. I was clinging to the goal. I was clinging to my role in the organization. And there was a lot of suffering in it. But there was also a lot of joy. A lot of things that I liked by being involved in that. And I think that's the message that um, I most want to carry about this, that complicated things have a mix of feelings in them. And some of them are going to be the causes and conditions for suffering. And some of them are going to lead to joy and happiness. And I love the Thich Nhat Hanh quote. It just sums it up so perfectly. What are the flowers, not the weeds? 
So in my involvement with that organization, in looking at the places where I was suffering, I had to find what it was that was making it so sticky. And almost always it was my idea of me, the I. (coughs) I'll join you there. Um, It was my sense of self that was somehow being played out or threatened, was involved in what was uncomfortable about it, why I was clinging to this or that. And so the way that I have learned to practice with that is to focus my attention on the feeling of the suffering in the body. How does this attitude or thought or mind state make me feel so bad? And, and how does that feel? What, what is the consequence of entertaining this mind state? So it wasn't a matter of deciding I'm not going to think that anymore. But it was a matter of learning what it did to me and and actually studying the suffering as my body felt it. And I can do that as I sit in meditation with anything that I'm clinging to. And clinging, you know, is it's both desire and aversion. And I've got a couple of things right now that I have a lot of aversion to going on. You may have noticed I'm not walking very well. So just looking at how that refusal to accept the current situation is causing me to suffer more than I need to and to feel that feeling in my body makes my mind less inclined to go there again. And for those of you who just spoke with me, if I'm repeating, I apologize. Thank you for the practice. Um, But the, the trick is, after I've watched myself suffer, and the feeling begins to fade or lose its power, then turn the attention to the flowers, the things that make me feel joyous. And give them the energy, the nutriment, it's often called in the Buddhist teachings. Water them. and cultivate them. So there are many kinds of things that we cling to, and I want to touch on the way we can cling to views, particularly at this point in history in the United States. 
there have been a lot of strident views around. And in the teachings, the Buddha spoke many times about uh, the danger of clinging to views. So it's important to see that we have some really fixed ideas that lead to suffering. That we don't need to continue to cling to. And to be able to differentiate those from core values and things that we have looked at and decided this is what I want to do. These are the principles on which I'm going to act. And the way to know the difference between a view that we're just clinging to and a core value is to question it. Just say, is this really something that cannot be challenged? That I won't allow a second look at? And um, I I recently read about something in the political uh, environment called the Hear and Heal Challenge. And that is where you find someone of the opposing viewpoint and agree, take the challenge that you're going to speak with respect, you're going to ask a question, how do you feel or think about X, and then you're going to listen with respect. And then the other person gets to do the same thing for three questions. And I'm, I'm bringing that up because I think it's a really good example of the willingness to question a view. If we're willing to do that, we're not clinging. Or what we might find in the process of doing that is that we're clinging in areas we didn't expect or in ways that we had not previously shed light on. So if we can find a way other than finding an opponent and spending this time uh, taking the challenge with them, if we can find a way to do that for ourselves with the views that we notice the muscles are tightening up, the respiration rate is changing, the stomach is getting uncomfortable, there's some clinging going on. How can we reconsider it? How can we begin to let daylight in between us and that pattern of thinking? So I, I think that the easiest way, the most surefire way is to watch how we feel as we go through the labyrinth of our thought process. And if we aren't feeling well, that's suffering. That's some kind of clinging. 
that's going on. Thank you.